You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Good afternoon and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing all the latest Arsenal news. We're going to be touching on uh, the report that Rob Holding has signed a long-term contract. We're going to be discussing Mikel Arteta's latest comments with regards to the fitness of Gabriel Martinelli, uh, Thomas Partey and Gabriel. We're also going to pick up on a couple other points uh, from that press conference as well. And of course, as always, take your questions and thoughts from the live chat box. Uh, Good afternoon to those of you joining us in the live chat already. Good afternoon. Uh, to Graham and to Norwegian Guna. Hope you're both well. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get right into it. Actually, let me do this first because I need to get it out of the way. Um, if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, it really, really does help. And your support is very, very much appreciated. So please, if you haven't done that already, make sure you do so. Uh, Graham uh, says, crikey, Harry, you are looking relaxed. Yeah, uh, you know what? Mondays always feel that little bit better, Graham, um, when Arsenal have won at the weekend. Whatever the competition, however the result came about, Monday always feels that little bit better when you know that all the work that is lined up ahead of you uh, has a more positive feel to it. So, yeah, um, I am feeling relaxed today, which is a good thing. Uh, Afternoon to Talal and afternoon to Tom as well. Hope you're uh, both keep him well. Uh, let's kick off by discussing the report from The Athletic, uh, from David Ornstein in particular. Uh, it was released about five-ish hours ago uh, with regards to Rob Holding and his future. Now, we heard, didn't we, um, that Rob Holding was close to signing a new contract. We heard that talks were uh, taking place and we heard that a deal had been put on the table for Rob Holding. Um this is the report that we're getting now from The Athletic, and I can't share it on the screen with you because it is behind a paywall. But uh, Rob Holding has committed his future to the club by signing a new long-term contract, The Athletic can reveal. They go on to talk about the fact that the 25-year-old was close to joining Newcastle United on loan last summer, uh, but he's now enjoying regular game time and has now extended a deal that was scheduled to expire in 2023. So there was still a good couple of years remaining on Rob Holding's current deal, but the club have moved to give him, uh, you would assume, is a is a more improved one. There were suggestions that he was on less money than Alex Renarsson. If that is true, then you can understand why the club feel like they need to reward Rob Holding for what he's done. And um, they need to, um, you know, they need to bring him at least on a competitive level with regards to his salary. So you can understand why the club have made that move. Obviously, a good thing for Rob Holding as well. Um, There isn't really much more detail on the contract, and I'm sure we're going to get that information when Arsenal officially make the announcement. But for now, that's all it says, just that uh, the current deal was scheduled to expire in 2023. We can assume it's an improved contract, but again, I have to stress that I don't know the exact terms of it. Um, I'm just going by this report. Um, it also goes on to say that the sightings of Pablo Marie and Gabriel looked ominous for holding because, of course, uh, he was reportedly close to going to St. James's Park on loan. Uh, but it said that in, in the eyes of Mikel Arteta and Arsenal's technical director, Edu, Rob Holding is seen as one of the emerging leaders and an important part of the club's future. Um, so, yeah, um, interesting, interesting that uh, that their view has, has changed of him over the course of this first half of the season. Also in the press conference, Mikel spoke about another spoke about the futures of a couple of other players potentially. We'll come on to that in a minute. Get your your thoughts on the Rob Holding thing in the live chat. I'll come over to those in just a second. Um, Keir Ellis says, Rob Holding is a better player than Eric Dyer for me. He does what it says on the tin. He just has the odd mistake in his game, but still young, good professional. Yeah, agreed. You know, Rob Holding has had periods where he's been sort of solid for Arsenal. And, and for that, you know, it's great. Um, and it looks like he's someone who 
can be a part of the future. Certainly someone who can be relied upon, if not as a regular starter every week, but certainly as someone, um, you know, who can who can be called upon with a degree of confidence. And of course, you know, you've got to remember that Rob Holding is just 25 years of age. So there's plenty of time for Rob Holding to, to further develop. It's not particularly old for a centre-back. Um, Rob Holding, for me, is not someone who relies on pace anyway. So I wouldn't envisage that him losing a bit of that later on in his career would would damage him a great deal in terms of what he's able to offer the side. So, yeah, look, I think if he was on, on really poor terms, which I understand was probably the case, um, then this makes sense. And it's clear that Mikel and Edu have been impressed by what they've seen from Rob Holding. So, um, yeah, it feels like a, a deserved reward uh, for the defender. Uh, Ali says, Holding, I think, is a good piece of business, Harry. Can fill in and be a strong squad player, also homegrown. Graham says, that's good news about Holding. Good team player and squad player, and I'm sure he deserved a pay rise. Omar is of the opposite opinion. He says, I don't understand why we've given him a new deal, to be honest. He's not good enough. I mean... Look, we've got to understand that Arsenal need a squad here. So of our central defensive options, who would you say is good enough? Because, you know, Gabriel's there. We, we can all agree that he's he's shown signs that he's good enough. Pablo Marie looks pretty good as well. Um, Mustafi's going by the looks of it. If not now, then at the end of the season, for sure. Socrates could leave this month or perhaps at the end of the season. David Lewis's contract expires at the end of the season. So I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with Mikel Arteta tying Rob holding down and seeing him as part of that squad moving forward. You know, I don't think there's a, there's a great deal wrong with that. So that's my opinion. But I'm, look, there's a lot of fans that will share your view, Omar, that will feel that Rob Holding isn't quite Arsenal standard. Um, and I would always argue that, yeah, maybe we could do better in terms of the starting positions. But, um, you know, Rob Holding for me... Um, it is a decent squad player. And also when you're talking about squad players, not only do you have to, you know, do you have to, do they have to be good enough to, to fill the role when needed, but they also have to be willing to play that role within the squad. And I don't see Rob Holding as someone with a particularly big ego as someone who feels that he's above being a, a squad player. I think he recognises that he's made a massive jump up from Bolton to Arsenal. He's come to a huge football club and that, that's how it works. And you're going to be in and out of the side at times. And I think he's one of the players that's kind of happy to accept that. And maybe that says a lot about his ambitions and, and some will argue that as a negative, but I think you need those type of players in and around the squad. They're not glamorous. They're not the ones that people look forward to watching. They're not the ones that people rave about, but you need players like that. who can come in, do a job, but are also team players and understand that they won't always start and not necessarily uh, look to kick up a fuss about it. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, before I continue actually on the comments and, and this is just reminding me because I've seen the icon, uh, pop up in the live chat. So I want to just quickly do this as I'll be doing going forward with everybody who joins. Um, I want to say a big welcome to our new members. Uh, four of you signed up during the night while I was, uh, I was sleeping. <laughs> so, uh, Big thank you to Harry Land, to Thomas Bahane, to Giovanni Bergantino and to John P, who's in the chat uh, with us right now. Uh, thank you all for your continued support. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, just a quick reminder, if you're considering or thinking about or wanting to become a member of the Chronicles of Aguna channel, uh, if you click the link in the description, it will give you details of the different tiers. Um that are available to you. And if any of those appeal to you, you can sign up. It is not compulsory. We'll not be giving you any less content as a result of this membership scheme coming into place. Only more, only extra. Uh, so check it out and uh, see what you think. If you want a little bit of a, an understanding as to why it's being done, um, then please uh, go onto this channel on YouTube, scroll back a couple of videos and you'll find one titled An Introduction to the Chronicles of Aguna Membership Scheme. Have a watch of that video and that will help you understand uh, why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, John P, uh, welcome. He says Saliba played well yesterday. Him holding Gabriel and Mary are really good. Are a really good four. Very happy about our centre-backs for the first time in ages. He also says holding won't lose value. Um, Graham Usher says, hi, Harry, looking good, sunshine. You know what? I've I've had so much stick about shaving the beard. I've I've spoken to friends on FaceTime and stuff, and they've told me don't ever do it again. Um, 
Now, I need a haircut, obviously, um, which doesn't help because the, the difference between the hair and the beard is, is majorly dramatic and causes a problem uh, for me anyway. But thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, Talal Ashur asks, do you think Holding will be able to solidify himself as a starter in the near and distant future? Um, he remains to be seen, you know, We uh, and we keep talking about this whole debate, don't we, around the, the left-footed centre-backs. Can you have two left-footed centre-backs? Can you have two right-footed centre-backs? Will Mikel um, sort of rest his principles a little bit in that situation? Will he decide, um, you know, to, to go with two left-footers or, or is he adamant that one of them has to be right-footed? In which case, when you talk about that four that John mentioned that we'll probably be starting next season with, Pablo Marie, Gabriel, uh, William Saliba and Rob Holding, you've got two of each there. So that feels like a really, really good balance. Um, I, I don't know if Rob Holding will forever be a permanent fixture in the Arsenal side, but for the moment, Talau, he's not done anything wrong of late. I, you know, we know that he's got some limitations. I think that, you know, we can all agree with that, but I think he's on a really solid run at the moment. And so... For me, he deserves to continue in the side. You know, football's fluid. And the whole point is you want there to be competition within the squad. So when people don't perform, you want there to be players waiting in the wings, ready to step up and come in. So I think it's not, you know, it, as much as some in some sides, you'll get nailed on starters who are just so good that they're always going to play. And you know that. I think it's actually healthy to have a bit of competition in the side and to keep people on their toes. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of my take on that. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Graham's not sure about holding. He says he needs more minutes. Um, what else have we got here? Kev says, uh, I think holding is better in a four than on the right of a three. Yeah. And that's a good point as well, mate. And, the thing is, Kev, a lot of the time when it comes to centre-backs, you know, it's a, a lot of it is about the systems that you've grown up playing and that you understand best because, you know, if you've played a position over and over again and, and you guys who have played football at whatever level will, will understand this. If you've played in a certain position time and time again, you start to naturally drift into the right spaces. You start to naturally pick up the right positions on the pitch. And for me... um, that is key. And and someone like Rob Holding, who I'm sure would have played in a back four far more often throughout his career than in a back three, um, could could have been a victim of that. You know, there are some players that are suited to a back three. I think David Lewis, for example, is a prime example of a player who looks a little bit more comfortable in a back three. But that's because of his style. That's because he likes to bring the ball out. He likes to be a little bit more forward thinking. Someone like Rob Holding, who's just a defender for me, um, it is is much more suited to a back four, and I'm I'm I think that you're seeing that in his in his recent performances. Uh, just before I continue taking your comments, I want to say a big welcome uh, to Sean M, who's just become a member whilst we're live on the show. Sean, thank you so much, mate. Really, really appreciate your support um, and all, and all of you guys' support. Uh, go over to the community tab on YouTube, um, and there is a members only post with a link to our Discord server. Click on that. Come into the Discord server where we're talking Arsenal um, and we're talking uh, all things about the channel as well. It's a good place for me to, to communicate with you guys and get your feedback as well. So come over to the Discord server. Sometimes the Discord link expires. So I'll, I'll, as soon as I finish from this show, I'll just double check that that one's still working. If it's not, I'll uh, flick it over and put a new one in so that you can make your way um, over uh, to the... Uh, to the uh, Discord server. Uh, JP Guna says, happy to keep holding in the squad. Bellerin always leaves him exposed, which often requires holding to cover both positions defensively on the right-hand side. Another good point. Hector Bellerin, sometimes his positioning leaves a lot to be desired. And as a result, um, you know, you end up in a situation where um, Rob Holding is having to come out to that right-hand side and, and and confront wingers, which you don't really want to be seeing. But the reality is it's happened and it's happened regularly. And it's, you know, at times we look at Rob Holding and we say he's been exposed. Actually, we have to look at the setup around him. Look, I'm not saying that Rob Holding is a world-class centre-back. I think the chance that compare him to Fabio Cannavaro are bordering on ludicrous, but they are done tongue-in-cheek, you know, and um, you have to remember that. 
So, um, yeah, I, I, that's a really, really good point. A lot of the time, JP, when we're watching Rob Holding, we're having to watch him cover for other people as well, in particular Hector Bellerin. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, big hello to Phil, uh, another fellow Greek. Hey, dear mate. He says, uh, well, I'm assuming by his surname, you can't get more Greek than that, Phil. He says, love your work, Harry, all the way from the end of the earth, Australia. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Ekele Ogbodo says, Harry, don't you think holding has been better than Maguire this season? Just to be honest, don't shave your beard, please. <laughs> I promise I won't do it again then. <laughs> um, do I think Holding's been better than Maguire this season? I've watched Maguire at times and thought he's been really good. And then I've watched Maguire at times and think he's been absolutely horrendous and useless. And I start to question again, why on earth Manchester United paid £80 million for him or in excess of that? Uh, Rob Holding, I don't think it is has been, you know, I don't think Rob Holding is a top, top level centre-back, but I think he's been solid, particularly in the last few weeks. Um, I don't particularly like Maguire, but I'm sure there'll be people out there that will probably see that in a different light. I think you raise a valid point and I don't think there's much between them. And when you consider one was signed uh, for basically nothing um, and the other one was brought in, for in excess of 80 million pounds or whatever it was um you know then you can understand why uh why it's it's why people are sitting here going well we didn't need to spend 80 million pound and Arsene Wenger made that comment didn't he about Rob Holding right when we first signed him and he was performing really well and Arsene turned around and said I'm sorry that he didn't cost whatever amount Arsene said I can't remember off the top of my head but you know he made that point didn't he that had Rob Holding cost an absolute fortune there would have been a very different outlook on on his performances and what he's bringing to the team robin says i think that it's a good thing we've offered holding a new contract he deserves it good squad player leader and arsenal man uh, dave atkinson says i don't have a problem with giving holding a contract i'm not his biggest fan but you do have to have squad players and if you want to sell him the longer the contract the better the value agreed uh russ morgan another one of our members in the live chat says it's going to be harder to sign players from abroad due to Brexit. So keeping holding is probably a good idea. John uh, goes on to talk about how good he is in the air. Um, the Algerian Gunas, check out the Algerian Gunas. Uh, he says, at least holding will not leave for free. Good piece of business from the club. Um, Ali says, Harry, from what I'm hearing, holding will be on roughly around 40k a week. I don't, I can't confirm that. I don't know uh, with any... Uh, well, I can't say with any confidence or certainty that that is the figure, but it sounds about right. Um, my understanding was he was around about 25 to 30 uh, prior to that, which is obviously, it's not, look, it's a lot of money. Let's, let's, let's have it right. But when you compare the salaries of some of the other players in and around that squad, it's, it's not the biggest by any stretch of the imagination. And, and when you look at that you can probably understand why why the club felt that Rob needed to be propelled up to a certain level at least. Uh, Matt Gray, another member, says, I think Holding deserves this new contract. He's not on much money and this ensures us getting a better fee for him if we sell him in a couple of seasons. Yeah, agreed, mate. Uh, really, really good points. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Andreas in Cyprus says, he costs us £1 million. His performances are decent. What do you expect from Arsenal to let him go free? His value is over £10 million. Um, Kev asks, do you think Gabriel, Mari, Holding, Saliba and Rekic will be good enough looking ahead or do we need to sign someone else? I'm not sure that that Rekic will come straight into the reckoning Um at this stage in his career, you know, he's, he's been brought in, he's gone straight into the under 23s. Um, you know, that's a decent five, of course. We don't really know what Rekic is going to develop like, though. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see and hold fire on that one. Look, Pablo Marie's got plenty of experience. You know, he's he's played at the top, top level, South American, Copa Libertadores winner, etc., etc. The may The one argument you might have looking at that, that back line is... Do you have at least one, I'm not going to say veteran, veteran's the wrong word, but one seasoned professional who's been there, done that. I, see, I think in my opinion that looking at that back line, Mikel Arteta, would, the, the back line that you've mentioned, or the options that you've mentioned of Gabriel, Mari, Holding, Saliba and Rekic for potentially next season, 
I think that in Mikel Arteta's mind, Pablo Mari and Rob Holding are those more seasoned professionals, are the two that he looks to uh, as leaders for a little bit more experience. Gabriel will develop further as well. We know he's still got a long way to go, but Holding's been in and around the Arsenal setup for a while now. You know, Pablo Marie, as I said, has achieved things in South America. So these are players who have been there and done it. And hopefully Mikel can find the right blend between experience, uh, youthful sort of enthusiasm and, and create that blend. And Arsenal can improve uh, as a unit. And, and, and looking at that back line that, or looking at those options, those are options that could serve us well uh, for a period of time. Uh, Chris asked about Joe Willock. We'll come on to Joe Willock in a minute, mate. There's just a couple more updates I want to give you guys from Mikel Arteta's press conference today or, or from Mikel Arteta's latest press conference. So just hold fire on that question. And I'm going to ask you to put the questions in a little bit later on. Please do that then. And that way I don't miss it. Um, Jamie asked if the holding contract extension is confirmed. It's not been confirmed by the club yet. Uh, to my knowledge, it hadn't been when I logged on. Let's just quickly uh, double check once again. I'm pretty sure it hasn't, though. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it hasn't. No, it hasn't. There's no official confirmation of it. But the uh, the Athletic are reporting it, which normally uh, means it's as good as uh, as done. So no official confirmation from the club yet, but I'm sure we can expect that uh, in the next few hours or so. So if not today, then, you know, in the next couple of days. So I wouldn't panic about that. It is. It does look like it's done. For David Ornstein to put his neck on the line and the Athletic to put that story out, I'm pretty sure it is done. Uh, big hello to Peter Redpath, who says, Hi, Harry, rocking again. This extension will save Arteta substantial money. Holding is not going, has got going now after the injury recovery and games under his belt. And we've just signed Rekic. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah, lots of you um, pretty pleased um, with with the the decision to sign up Rob Holding to a uh, new extended uh, contract. Uh, Robin asks a little bit about Omar Rekic. I don't, mate. I don't know a great deal about Rekic. So I, I'm going to save that one and I'm going to try and get somebody on who does. Um, and that way he can give you guys a little bit of insight uh, onto what, what the player might bring to the table. I've got someone in mind who I'm going to ask today who may well know a fair amount about him. And if that's the case, we'll get him on the show um, in the next few days for you guys to hear from. Uh, da -da -da. Uh, Republic of Arsenal asks about the talks uh, regarding Matteo Genduzzi. Would you bring him back? Would you put him in the side or leave him out on loan? We'll come on to discuss Matteo Genduzzi's future on the stream later on today. So we'll be going live again uh, today, just after 5 p.m. So come and join me for that and we'll discuss it then um, in a little bit more detail. So that is the subject of the show, uh, one of the leading subjects of the show later on. So come and join me uh, again uh, for that one. Right. What else did uh, Mikel Arteta say in that press conference? He provided updates on the fitness of Gabriel Martinelli and Thomas Partey and Gabriel. So let's start with uh, Gabriel Martinelli. He said that, obviously, the other day he said that the injury didn't look good and that Gabriel Martinelli was in a lot of pain uh, off the back of that injury. It looked like he rolled his ankle. We all saw the video uh, of what occurred in the warm-up before that game against Newcastle United. Mikel Arteta feared the worst. He did say that Martinelli tested a little bit better yesterday. Sorry, uh, which is a bit of a positive sign. Um, he did say, let's hope it's not serious, but he didn't confirm one way or the other. He did say that Gabriel Martinelli was having a scan today. That's Monday and that we will know more tomorrow. So I'm sure we'll get an update from the club at some point tomorrow uh, with regards to Gabriel Martinelli and how he's doing. But the fact that Mikel says that he tested a little bit better the next day is obviously a positive sign. Um, and fingers crossed, that means that Gabriel Martinelli will not have an extended spell on the sidelines again because we've seen um, how much of an impact he can have in terms of the energy, the fight, the drive, the passion that he brings to this side. So um, I expect Gabriel Martinelli to probably be out for a couple of weeks, um, maybe even three weeks, but let's hope it's just that and nothing uh, more serious than that, nothing beyond that. Uh, right. In terms of Thomas Partey, good news. Thumbs up. Mikel Arteta confirmed that Thomas Partey will be available for the game against Crystal Palace on Thursday night. 
how much of a role he's going to play, we're not entirely sure yet. Will it be as a substitute? Will it be as a starter? We're going to have to wait and see. And I'm sure Arsenal will be making a further assessment on Thomas Partey um, a little bit later on in the week, probably on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. So we'll have to hold fire on that. Um, I don't expect Mikel to, to particularly comment or, or to give away exactly what role Thomas Partey will be playing ahead of the game. He'll want to keep Crystal Palace and Roy Hodgson guessing, but it is positive news. We've seen that Thomas Partey is somebody capable of really making a difference in that Arsenal midfield. I know he's only played a handful of games. He's been really unfortunate with injuries since he joined the club. We're talking about a player who's Injury record was pretty much spotless prior to coming to the Emirates Stadium. And all of a sudden, he's had two uh, pretty serious injuries already. So, delighted that Thomas Partey is going to be back in the fold, back in the mix. And uh, I look forward to seeing him in that midfield. Alongside, in my opinion, and I know a lot of you would disagree with this, but in my opinion, alongside Granit Xhaka, I think the pair uh, can be really, really dominant for Arsenal. And I look forward to seeing them get some game time uh, together. Uh, in terms of Gabriel, central defender, of course, uh, he returns. He tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, he's been out for a little while, obviously had to isolate. According to Mikel, he experienced very, very light symptoms, uh, but he will be assessed uh, ahead of Thursday's game. So we know that the coronavirus can take it out of you physically. I've had it. I know um, it made me feel really, really tired. Obviously, I'm not a top level athlete and I drink too many beers and I eat too many takeaways and all of that stuff, um, but it can take its toll on you physically. So I do expect um, that, you know, Gabriel will, will, well, as Mikel says, Gabriel will be assessed and I think they'll make a decision on, on how he's feeling. And uh, I'm sure they've got uh, you know, their metrics for deciding whether or not uh, he is ready and available to play in that game. So we're going to see what happens with that one. But of course, he's another central defender to come into the side. Will he displace Pablo Marie eventually? Who knows? Will he play alongside him? Lots and lots of questions, lots and lots of headaches for Mikel Arteta. But of course, with the return of the Brazilian, that is a good headache to have. Um, Mikel Arteta was asked as well about, you know, all the the Mesut Ozil stuff, you know, Mesut um, looks uh, as though he is uh, on his way to Fenerbahce. From what Mikel said, that there are talks ongoing between the club, Fenerbahce and the player to try and make that deal happen this month, um, which I think would be, as I've said already, beneficial to everybody if this just if there was just a line drawn under this whole saga. I'm a Mesut Ozil fan. I think he's a wonderful footballer, but obviously too much has happened um, at Arsenal. So if if a deal can be done now, which gets him out of the club, which allows us to move forward, then I think it's probably the right thing. Uh, so that's where I stand on that. Mikel was asked about this Q&A that Mesut Ozil says he's going to be doing on social media. Look, from this Q&A, don't expect anything more than PR spin. Mesut Ozil is the king of PR spin. You know, and, you know, that's what he does. That's what his team do, you know. So don't expect to get any revelations from there. You might be able to pick out a few slide digs, a few comments that kind of get the point across, but you probably have to read between the lines to, to get it and to suss it out. I expect a little bit of that, but I expect a lot of PR spin from Mesut Ozil as well. So I wouldn't really get too bogged down in that or, or take... I don't want to say, well, I don't know what he's going to say yet. So I can't say don't take any notice of what he says. It depends what he says. But, you know, it, it, I'd be mindful of the situation at the moment when sort of reading those comments and take them with a pinch of salt. Mikel Arteta says he doesn't have Twitter. He doesn't read Twitter. I'm sure Mikel Arteta has got a Twitter account and it's verified. So if somebody is pretending to be Mikel Arteta on Twitter and has even got the blue tick, we need to sort that out right away. No, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure Mikel Arteta's agent or, or whoever else is uh, runs that account. I, I don't believe for a minute that Mikel Arteta spends his evenings scrolling through Twitter, but there is a Mikel Arteta account. So I found that comment a little bit strange. Um, he was asked about the rumours linking Eddie and Ketty up with a move away from the Emirates Stadium. Now, we saw some reports yesterday and the day before suggesting that West Ham could be a potential destination for the striker. Mikel Arteta dismissed that right away. He said he's not leaving in this uh, window. Very short, very blunt answer on that. So uh, I don't expect there to be any movement with regards to Eddie and Ketia, particularly after following Balogun didn't feature in that FA Cup game, which kind of suggests that he's nearing an Arsenal exit. Um, so maybe uh, that 
has played a part in the decision to keep Eddie Nketiah at the club. But from what I understand, Eddie Nketiah is not going anywhere during this January transfer window. Of course, West Ham are being linked with everybody and anybody now and, and a load of striking options because they've sold Sebastian Haller to Ajax. Got decent money for him in the end. I know they paid over the top in the first place, but um, considering that he's been largely a flop at West Ham United, I think they did really, really good business there. Um, what else did he say? He was asked about Alex Renarsson and the reports linking Renarsson with a loan move away from the Emirates Stadium. And, and Mikel Arteta's comment was really interesting here. And he said, nothing there yet. The key word being yet, which suggests that Arsenal are considering moving Renarsson out on loan um, during this uh, during this uh, this transfer window. He then went on to say that we didn't really get, he basically suggested that Arsenal didn't manage to get the transfer business with regards to the goalkeeping position uh, that they wanted done. Um, in the summer transfer window, suggested that the situation with Emi Martinez uh, hindered them a little bit in that. Perhaps the deal went through too late. I don't know exactly what the issue was, but um, he made that point, Mikel Arteta. And so there, there's a possibility that we could be looking to bring in another goalkeeper and move uh, Renarsson out on loan. I, look, I'm not sure about Renarsson. I don't think he's the right man. I wouldn't trust him over a period of time. We've been through this time and time again, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But um, you know, it's clear from Mikel Arteta's comments that the door is not closed on uh, Alex Renarsson potentially leaving uh, during this transfer window. If not on a permanent deal, then at least on loan. I expect it to probably be on loan. Um, right, that's, that kind of concludes my updates. Get your questions into the live chat box uh, and I'll come and pick out as many of those as we can between now and the end of the stream. So fire away and uh, we'll pick up some of those. Just a quick reminder, because uh, I've had a Twitter DM uh, come into me whilst we're live um, asking about the the memberships um, and how you can join. So there is a link in the description if you're watching us on YouTube. If you click on that link, it will take you over to the join page. And from there, you can check out all the different tiers that will be available to you. Um, and you can uh, you can sign up to whichever one suits or if you don't want to sign up, that's absolutely fine as well. As I said earlier on in the program, we're not going to be bringing you any less content as a result of this membership scheme coming into place. But there will be extra for those who are signed up and they'll get uh, various perks too. Uh, so check that out. Let me know um, if you've got any questions, if you just want to find out anything further before committing to it. And of course, um, if you want to get a bit more of an understanding as to why we're doing it, head over to our, an introduction to the Chronicles of Aguna membership scheme video, which I put up a couple of days ago and you'll get some information there. Uh, right. Let's go over to some of your questions. Quick reminder, actually, before I do that, if you haven't already hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you are new uh, question here from one of our members, Xander Fabrizio reported on Twitter the Arsenal have an official bid for Buendia in the pipeline. Do you think that will get done? Uh, let me have a look. Because Fabrizio, you know, sometimes I believe Fabrizio. Sometimes I like, Fabrizio is good at what he does. If he wasn't, he wouldn't have made a career out of it the way he has. But I do feel like sometimes Fabrizio has got things wrong. And it's kind of been overlooked. You know, Fabrizio said that there was no possibility of Arsenal. Um, you know, he said there was no possibility of Arsenal getting Thomas Partey in and they did it. So, you know, you, for, and, and he can only report the information that comes his way and what he believes. And I'm not like no journalist gets it right every single time. So I'm not having a go at Fabrizio Romano, but. My understanding is that Norwich have no intention of selling Emiliano Buendia. Can we bully them into doing so? Probably. If the right money's on the table and the player's head is turned, then I wouldn't be surprised if Buendia himself went to the Norwich hierarchy and said, look, guys, I want to leave. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a chance that Arsenal, if they really wanted to, as I said, could bully Norwich into doing that piece of business. But I don't see Arsenal sort of going there and, and tabling the kind of offer that would tempt Norwich. As I keep saying, Norwich are chasing promotion back to the Premier League and the value of earning that promotion would be so much more significant than anything Arsenal would offer for Emi Buendia. 
And do they want to risk that? Do they want to risk derailing their season potentially by losing one of their most influential players? I don't think so, but that's just my view. Um, that is just my view. Obviously, I don't have any inside information on the Buendia situation. Um, that's just where I stand on it. That's how I see things at the moment. I've not heard anything or, or read anything from those that I trust particularly to suggest that a deal is close or to suggest that actually Arsenal are going to table um, this bid. So yeah, let's um, let, let's let's hold fire on that one. Let's see uh, what's going to happen with that. Uh, right, what else we got here? Brilliant Krasnicki. I like this one. He says, as if we need more tears, referring to my comment about the membership scheme. Good, good, good joke uh, at a time where we need a little bit of lighthearted laughter, don't we, uh, with everything that's going on. Uh, right, let's pick up uh, some more of your uh, comments. I just saw a question from Ross, who says, if we were to make one signing in January, which one would you prefer, Buendia or Bisuma? I don't think I'd sign any of them right now, um, just because of the the way we're struggling financially, the the money that both of those would cost. Bisuma would come with that Premier League premium, wouldn't he? And, and Buendia, we know, as we've already discussed, um, is a player that Norwich would want a substantial amount of money for. And Norwich have not traditionally been bullied into selling their players for cheap. If you look at some of the players that have left there in recent seasons to join Premier League clubs, the the prices have been pretty good from a Norwich standpoint. Um, you know, so I, I don't think Norwich would necessarily be bullied. And I think that Bissouma would cost a lot of money. But if you're asking me, I've got to choose one of the two. I would pick Buendia because I feel like that creative position is one we're lacking in more so than that deeper lying midfield position. As we've said, Thomas Partey's back on Thursday. Um, Granite Xhaka's playing quite well at the moment. You could argue that Mohamed Elneny, although not ideal, is someone who could play in that deeper position. So Bios likes to start from a deeper position as well. So, you know, you could even argue if you really wanted to get think outside the box that David Lewis could play there as well. So in that deep defensive midfield role. So if I had to choose one of the two, I'd go with Buendia. But again, I don't expect Arsenal to sign either of those two players during this transfer window. I, I, I really don't. And I'm not particularly infused by either of those two players either. I think there's better out there. And I think when you consider the money that would have to be on offer to get either of those two, I think we can do something else. And I think, um, I, I think you can, um, you can do better. I, I just think you can do better for the type of money that we're probably talking about. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Man United fan Ariane has responded to that comment earlier on that Rob Holding is as good or if not better than Harry Maguire. Uh, Ariane not having it. Rob Holding isn't on Maguire level, he says. Um, Scotty just reacting to those reports that Napoli are interested in signing Kieran Tierney. Says Napoli have more chance of getting Maradona than signing Tierney. Look, Kieran Tierney's not going anywhere and, and, and especially not to Napoli. Um as you guys will know that watch the Simply Serie A show, Napoli were, uh, you know, Napoli are not in a particularly amazing position financially. The Italian game has been rocked quite hard by the coronavirus, as has, have all the leagues, but uh, Italy probably more so than the Premier League because the TV deals, etc., um, are worth a lot less. I don't expect Napoli to to even move for Kieran Tierney. And if they did, who's to say? that they would have the power, the financial muscle to make a bid that would even consider, that that Arsenal would even consider, sorry. Graham Sutherland raises an interesting point on Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And it was a question asked earlier on as well. I can't scroll back that far. Uh, but there was some some questions on Ainsley Maitland-Niles. What is going on with Ainsley Maitland-Niles? Should we take the £20 million now? The thing is, Graham, given the lack of game time and given the fact that he's found himself on the peripheries of this side, I would question whether somebody would come in again with an offer of that kind of amount. You know, we know that there was around about £15 million uh, on the table from Wolverhampton Wanderers during the summer. Arsenal didn't accept it. Mikel made a point about how important uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles was to this squad. Uh, you know, we were playing with a back three at the time and, and Maitland-Niles looked as though as a wing-back, he could do a really competent job. However, things have changed and we've moved to a back four. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, for me, is not a fullback. You know, you can get away with him playing as a right wing-back or a left wing-back, but that's a very, very different role. And I, 
you know, I would have thought that given Kieran Tierney's played a lot of football lately and he's become so important to this side that in the game against Newcastle in the FA Cup, he may have got a rest. I, I, I genuinely thought that. I really thought that um, that Tierney was going to get a rest. And I thought that Maitland-Niles would be the man to come in and deputise. And he didn't. You know, he just, again, you know, if he can't start in a game where we've made seven, eight changes um, and it's a game that's clearly not as important as the Premier League to us at this moment in time. And I know people will say the FA Cup is, but Mikel made that abundantly clear. Uh, he made it clear where his priorities lie in his team selection. So, you know, if you were going to keep him at a time when we were desperate for cash and we kept hearing Arsenal need to sell to buy, Arsenal need to sell to buy, Arsenal haven't raised the money they hope to raise from this transfer window, yet they turned down an offer for Ainsley Maitland-Niles for him to just sit on the bench every week. And that I find strange. You know, I really, really do find that crazy. And, um, you know, maybe something's gone on behind the scenes. There have been question marks in the past about his attitude. Perhaps that's something that Mikel Arteta takes a little bit of an issue with, hasn't exactly enjoyed um, or hasn't been impressed by. Maybe that's what it is to do with. But I can't think of any other explanation, you know. But as I keep saying with all of these players that are kind of on the peripheries, um, of the side you <laughs> when you get the opportunities where however they come you need to take them and i can't say that when maitland has played this season he's always taken those opportunities there's been a few decent performances but You've really got to take those opportunities by the scruff of the neck, make something happen. You've got to make the manager think, hold on a minute, I'm making a mistake leaving you out here. And you need to do something really impressive. You know, obviously as well, the managers have the luxury that we don't of watching these guys on the training pitch every day. Is he putting in the right effort? Is he displaying the right values on the training ground? Who knows? Perhaps that's another factor that Mikel is taking into consideration and another reason why he's uh, not a regular in the side at the moment. You know, who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, Kevin Franks uh, raises, uh, in, reg- in response to my point about the fact that I feel we could probably go and get uh, better than Buendia, better than Bisuma for the money that their respective clubs will probably demand for them. Um, he says, could you elaborate on those players in the market of better value? I can go away and have a think about it and have a look at it, but I'm sure there is another creative attacking midfield player out in the world that could do this. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's another attacking creative midfield player out there that could do the job that Emi Buendia can do that wouldn't cost us 35, 40 million pounds, which is what is being suggested Norwich are going to demand. I'm not saying that Buendia is a bad player. I just think that as Premier League fans, at times we can be very narrow-minded. There's a whole world of football players out there Who's to say somebody in Serie A couldn't do a better job? Somebody in La Liga w- wouldn't be capable of coming in and filling that role. We're talking about, when we talk about Buendia, somebody who's played one Premier League season in his entire career. That's it. He's 24 years old and he's playing his football in the Championship. It's not to say he's a bad, fa- uh, a bad player and he can't develop further. But I'd have expected someone like Buendia, if he was as good as people say, to have moved on by now. That's the, that, that's the harsh reality of it. So I do think you could probably go get someone who's played top flight football in another competitive league on the continent for less than that money who would do you the same job. And when it comes to Yves Bissouma, what is Yves Bissouma? For me, he's a destroyer. He's a physical player. That's his profile. He's someone who works hard in the centre of the midfield, gets the ball, plays the simple pass, uh, squares it, whatever, gives it to those who are a little bit more creative. I think that there are players of that profile all over the continent. And so you're talking about someone, again, who the club are likely to demand a massive fee for. You know, we keep talking about that Premier League premium. I always talk about that. I always bring it up because it is actually a thing. It is actually a thing. And you'd have to pay that thing to get Bissouma away from Brighton. They're not mugs. They're not going to be bullied into selling him. You know, they're a club fighting for survival this season. So my point is that there are players out there on the continent. And if you want me to go away and think of some, I will, because... You know, I don't think it will be that difficult. I genuinely believe there are players out there of similar profiles to those two that were mentioned, Buendia and Bissouma, who would be available for far less and could do a, the same job. 
Um, Rillian brings up the uh, recent departure of Ser Kalasinac. He says, why have we not heard of a Kalasinac replacement? We could be in trouble if Kieran Tierney gets injured. Agree. Um, I said that at the time, you know, and that's why. And I thought that maybe in, in Mikel's mind, Ainsley Maitland-Niles was going to be that man that could come in and play at left back if if things got desperate. You know, maybe in Mikel Arteta's mind, Pablo Marie can slot over there, left-footed player, as can Gabriel, another left-footed player. Perhaps that's another option. Maybe Granite Xhaka, who's done it before. It's not ideal, I know, but maybe that's how Mikel looks at it. I feel like the moving Ser Kalasinac on was largely to save a load of wages. Um, you know, to get somebody else chipping in on his wages at least. And uh, that's that feels like it. Because as I've said before, was Ser Kalasinac great? No. Was he that bad though? No, I don't think so. I think he, some of his worst performances in an Arsenal shirt came when he was being asked to play as a centre-back, which we all know is in his position. Um, so I wasn't... I, you know, some Arsenal fans were overjoyed to see Ser Kalasinac move on. I wasn't because I feel like we left ourselves short in that position now. And, and I don't think that that was necessarily wise, but it is a decision that for me is a financial one. And we've got to accept that in our current predicament, in the way of the world right now, and, and with everything going on around us, we have to make some decisions that will be led by the financial aspect more than anything else. And that feels like one of them. Um, so I agree on that. Um, Thomas, one of our members, welcome, mate. I gave you a shout out earlier on. I don't know if you called it in time. I don't know if he was watching us from the start, but he says, uh, clubs that advance to the prize receive £150 million, talking about the promotion uh, of Norwich potentially. Why should they sell for 30 or £40 million? Uh, yeah, he, he's absolutely right. He also says smash the like button, which you should as well. Uh, so please do so. Uh, Giovanni, another one of our members. Um, welcome, mate. He says, I disagree with you. I don't think there are much better realistic options than Buendia. What cam central defensive midfielder uh, can we get that his levels above him? Brandt might be more proven, but not levels above Buendia for me. You know what, Giovanni? In the stream later on, just after 5pm today, turn your notifications on if you haven't already. I'm going to make it my mission by then to come up with a couple of options uh, of players that I think from Europe could come in um, and do a really good job uh, in those positions and be available for a lot less money. That's the point I'm making. You know, I'm not talking about, I'm not saying that we're going to go and get the next Zinedine Zidane or, you know, anything like that. All I'm saying is, when you look at what those players have achieved in their careers so far, it's not a great deal. So I genuinely believe that if I look around the top leagues in Europe, and I'm going to do this before the stream later on, that I could come up with a couple of names of alternatives who would certainly be available for less money uh, than those two. Um, yeah, that's that's just my, my view on it. Um, what else have we got here? A few of you bringing up the... the um, the debate around the goalkeeper thing. Uh, we do you know, we do need another goalkeeper. Um, in my opinion, whether Renarsson stays or goes, but we know, as I've already uh, reported a little bit earlier on, uh, that Alex Renarsson could be on his way um, out on loan if Arsenal are able to do the relevant business behind the scenes, i.e. bring someone in to replace him. I don't think they've been convinced by him. I think it was a panic buy. So we're going to have to... Um, to wait and see how that develops. But goalkeeper is an area of concern because you do fear uh, how we would get by if if something happened to Berlino. Touch wood, it doesn't. Um, you know, he's very clearly the number one and I'm okay with that, but we need to, um, we, we need to make uh, arrangements, in my opinion, uh, for that goalkeeping position in the event uh, that Berlino suffers some kind of injury or, or God forbid contracts the virus. Uh, Dominic asks, any news on Mustafi? Um, no, not at the moment. Uh, we know that a, a contract offer uh, was put on the table for Shkodran Mustafi. He didn't want to know. Um, he wants to leave at the end of the season, understandably. So it's not really worked out for him. He's been um, poor at times. He's been okay at times and still had a bit of a, uh, a hard time from the fans, in my opinion. So we'll... Um, you know, but that's a debate for another day. But no, no news at the moment. Obviously, Shkodran Mustafi's contract expires at the end of the season. He is free to discuss terms with clubs on the continent. Not heard anything concrete at the moment. Genoa were linked, but Genoa have been linked with Socrates as well. And Genoa are struggling a little bit in Serie A this season. Understandably, they're on the lookout for a centre-half. So I don't know if anything will materialise there. If they'll get Socrates, if they'll get Mustafi, if they'll end up with none of them, if they'll end up with both of them. Who knows? Um, but no, no concrete 
uh, news or update uh, on Shkodran Mustafi at the moment. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, John P asks about the links to Dakar. Um, I'm going to come on to those in the stream later on today. That's on my um, agenda. Again, doozy stuff. Uh, and we'll be talking a little bit more about some of the other reports uh, with regards to players potentially leaving the club in a little bit more detail. It's going to be a little bit more of a transfer-focused show, that one. Uh, so turn your notifications on. Come and join me um, just after 5pm for that. For those of you asking earlier on, is the 90-min gas tank back? It is today, live, 4pm. I'm uh, on the panel uh, today, which is why my stream is going to be at just after five instead of at four thirty like normal, uh, but please uh, come and join us for that as well over on the ninety min channel. Uh, always good chat, always a good laugh. Big thank you to every uh, single one of you uh, for joining. Um, hold on a minute before I lock off, Alejandro. Harry, do you still have the Manscaped code? I do, mate. It's just Chronicles AFC in capital letters. Let me bring it up across the bottom of the screen uh, for you to see. Hold on a second. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? let me just pick it out there you go um enter our discount code chronicles afc all in capitals you'll get 20 percent off manscaped and uh you get free shipping as well don't say i don't love you there you go um <laughs> uh, right let's um wrap it up there then a uh, big thank you to every single one of you for joining me on this live stream and to those who are going to be watching this back or listening to it back later on if you're listening via the audio platforms leave us a review subscribe a five-star review make sure you put a comment in there as well it really really helps i'm on the 90 min gas tank today at four i'm on the same old arsenal uh, tonight at seven as well uh, and obviously we're bringing you another stream just after 5 p.m so come and join us for that if you want to become a member of the channel click the link in the description uh, for more information it will tell you all about it then you can decide if it's something that you uh you uh want to do um and of course if you want to find out a little bit more about why we're doing it check out the introduction to the chronicles of aguna membership scheme video on this channel it's just a few videos ago uh thank you all so much for your support big hello to sunny everybody else in the live chat as well we'll be back very very soon with more until then ciao You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.